the free for all roundtable round two on round two let's say good morning to Sanira Chaudhry employment lawyer at Workley Law Robert Benzi is here Queen's Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star Richard Krause host of the podcast Last Call with Richard Krause good morning everybody let's start with the provincial mini budget because we did have the finance minister on about a half an hour ago and Robert Benzi some people say I'm not that tough on Peter Bethlen Falvey perhaps mostly because A I like the guy but B I'm not entirely out of step with the way this government does its finances. But what was your takeaway from yesterday's mini budget? Yeah, and I thought that, you know, I thought you held him to account, John. I mean, it's it, Scott Reed was saying earlier that that it's not in the in the government's political uh, advantage to be in surplus right now. And that's true. Uh, I'm not saying that they've cooked the books to make it look like it's much worse than it is, but they have been really, really cautious. I mean, the reason that we have a twelve point nine billion dollar deficit forecast for next year uh, or for this year, rather, uh, is uh, is this fiscal year is that gr- they're, they're forecasting growth to be only 0.5% down from like 3% before. So, I mean, he's being very prudent as, as you know, as he mentioned to you, Paul Martin used to used to be federally. And I think this is a, a thing they do. And then when the budget comes in in March, you'll find, I'm sure, that the deficit will not be $12.9 billion. It'll be much lower. But with all of the contract negotiations that they have ongoing, all of the demands on on uh, on the provincial treasury, it's, it's better for them politically to look as if uh, they have to, uh, the cupboard is bare, you know, they have to be careful. Yeah, because Richard Krause, we could have complete confidence that if they had come out yesterday and said, hey, we're still in black ink, this is great, finances are fantastic, then all of the striking or soon-to-be striking workers would say, yo, give it to us. Absolutely. And I think that probably uh, factored into the strategy here. Uh, interesting, you know, Bob Reed and I hosted News Talk Tonight last night. Right. And we talked about this at, at length. And at the uh, sort of beginning of the segment, we said, are you concerned that we have a, a $12.9 billion deficit where we were in surplus last year? Give us a call. We shouted out the numbers a few times. Not one single person called in to express alarm and distress about about this uh, uh, deficit. And I think it's because uh, it's so much money, people can't wrap their heads around it. I think that the word deficit now is something that gets thrown around so often uh, in uh, political uh, circles and, and when we talk about money in any way, that people are numb to it now. Yeah, no, I agree. One I, think phone it, call. I think it was uh, James Baker said nobody cares about deficits. Uh, he was on Reagan's staff. Uh, Samira, yeah. you can offer any comment or analysis you want, but one thing I did want to emphasize, and the, I don't know that the minister offered up uh, a suitable response when I asked him about it, but there was nothing in this package for the city of Toronto. Yeah, and I think that John Tory, I mean, we know he made... Um, or wrote an open sort of letter to not just the provincial government, but the federal government. Um, and Toronto, as a municipality, is, is limited. Uh, we know that from operating, I think it's restricted from operating in uh, in a deficit. So um, that's going to certainly be a problem going into next year. But we know that one of the biggest issues is going to be whether or not funding is going to be going to um, you know, vulnerable groups when it comes to inflation. I mean, we all know about the stories that in the grocery line, people aren't going to be able to make ends meet. So some of those um, 
funding that we're going to need, I think going into 2023 is going to be on that sort of social scale. And I think the city of Toronto has some legitimate concerns about about inflation in particular. Okay, one last thing about the budget, though, and uh, Benzie, I'll put this to you. Uh, you probably heard the minister's answer when I asked him about Toronto, and I think the suggestion was mostly, yeah, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, I mean, and I, we we asked the premier about this on Sunday as well, because of course the the, the city of Toronto has like an eight hundred and fifteen billion or million dollars sh- uh, shortfall. And Sneer is right; they can't run a deficit by law uh, like provinces and 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 the federal government can. So there's a huge uh, huge pressure on them. But I think I, I mean I think you know they need to get money from Ottawa and they need to get money from Queens Park. But they also need to to use all of the revenue tools that they have. Um, they aren't using. Remember the vehicle registration tax that that was the uh, that was around when Mayor David Miller was mayor. Um, Rob Ford got rid of that. Well, that's still that was bringing in around fifty-five million dollars. They could reimpose that. They could have their uh, al- an alcohol surcharge. I mean, no one wants to be raising taxes, but they do have some revenue tools that they're not using. They're not going. It's not enough to fill the hole. But I think that the city of Toronto is going to have to show that it w- it will do its bit rather than just you know asking for a, with cap in hand to uh, Ottawa and Queens Park all the time. Two of the organizers of the convoy protest are asking for a fund of donated amount of money to be opened up so they can start paying for lawyers. Um, Richard Krauss, do you have any sympathy for these guys who say, listen, we were just you know, running a protest. Next thing you know, we're all facing a class action suit by citizens and businesses in Ottawa, and we can't even afford a lawyer. I don't. Um, you know, the, the idea that you can occupy the downtown of a city and just disrupt just disrupt. Let's put out of the, the conversation for a little bit that it was, uh, you know, a threat to the country and all that sort of thing. It was disruptive for the people who were living there. And I would have thought that perhaps the organizers might have had the foresight to imagine that uh, blowing horns 24 hours a, a day uh, in a highly populated place where people live was going to cause some problems and that maybe there might be a lawsuit or two at the end of all this. And this just shows, again, I think that the convoy was ill-prepared. Uh, they were uh, not forward-thinking. They they hadn't really uh, imagined the consequences of the action. They just went to cause trouble. They did it and thought that that would probably be the end of it. Well, it's not, and now they're in trouble. And no, I don't think they should release the money uh, that is currently being held. Let them figure it out. They raised a bunch of money once. Let them see if they can do it again. Sanira, um, you are a lawyer, of course, it's worth noting. And it's not rare that somebody in trying to defend themselves against one lawsuit or another finds that the cost of a lawyer becomes uh, punitive. Of course, and usually you have one of two options as uh, a defendant, which is you go self-represented, you seek some kind of uh, aid from whether it's a a legal aid uh, office. I mean, I worked for one uh, um, but it wouldn't, uh, you know, nobody, nobody there would represent um, a defendant of, of 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 this class. Or you you don't defend, and you just um, are just surrender yourself to the mercy of the court. You you don't have a lot of options. But here, I think what what we're seeing is because there was a previous order for the unfreezing of a hundred thousand um, dollars in court that there is a, a precedent. Um, that these defendants are kind of hanging their uh, hat on for the time being and hoping that uh, the, 
you know, similar court, a similar judge is going to go the same way. So kids' medication are, or meds are apparently on the way, but it's going to be perhaps as long as two weeks that we're going to have to wait for this cold and pain medication. Robert Benzi, is this government doing precisely what government is designed to do, or would we never have been in this trouble if government hadn't screwed it up the first time? Is Robert there? Screw up whether it's the federal government. Hello? Yeah, we got you. John, can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Yeah, I don't know if it's the federal a federal government snafu or if it's a supply chain snafu. The one thing that I worry about is that all of us talking about this all of the time is probably leading to hoarding. It's yep. like the toilet paper crisis yep. and the Purell crisis in the beginning of the pandemic. So I just worry about that. I mean, sure. are people hoarding their cold meds? And and that could very much be the case, because I think anybody who spots meds doesn't just buy for themselves, and they're not necessarily even out shopping because they've got a sick kid right now. They're stockpiling it for themselves, their friends, and their neighbors in the hopes of the future. Um, yeah. Not a lot of time left on the clock, enough time to quickly debate whether or not Justin Trudeau is playing his hand well or not. Uh, Richard Krauss, in this case, he was at this summit, and he is one of the only international leaders who did not get a meeting with the president. President of China. But that shouldn't come as much of a surprise. Last week, our foreign affairs minister effectively said it's time for Canada to turn away from China and start dealing with other people. Yeah, once you name China as a disruptive global power, I don't know one week. I don't think you can expect to be having tea and crumpets with them the next week uh, at a at a foreign summit. I'm not surprised by this at all. Uh, the Chinese government is notoriously thin-skinned and very aware internationally of uh, their place and status uh, with world leaders. And you know Trudeau and his government has uh, drawn a line in the sand and. I think that uh, China has decided to stay on one side of it and distance themselves from uh, Trudeau and uh, anyone who else or anyone else that's at the summit right now. Sunira, a lot of other people will spin this as Justin Trudeau isn't a serious player on the international stage, so that's why China just didn't pay any attention to him. Well, we know that there's a history of um, of China. Uh, of course, sort of penalizing any uh, smaller country that might go along with a, an unfavorable sort of U.S. policy. Uh, Australia is an example of that. So this could be the snubbing that Canada is getting sort of this time around. But of course, we also know that the House of Commons is considering um, probing China's alleged uh, interference with the 2019 election. So is this the right time, especially when that was announced, I think, you know, within the last 24 hours, is this the right time for Trudeau to, to have that meeting? I mean, I, I, I will say as an aside, of course, given what's happening in the Ukraine, given what's, given what's happening in Iran right now, I think the social capital that something someone like Trudeau has and that Canada has, like to, to maintain diplomacy is at an all time high, given the geopolitical sort of friction that we're seeing. So it's unfortunate, I think, that he's not getting that meeting. Okay, and only seconds still on the board, but Robert Benzio, let's get your licks in. Do you think Trump announces he's running for president tonight? I mean, if you want Joe Biden to get reelected in 2024, you should hope that Mr. Trump does run um, because he he is he is. Oh, my gosh. What a terrible week he's had. I mean, you, you saw his handpicked uh, uh, gubernatorial candidate in uh, in Arizona, Carrie Lake. She lost and she won't concede defeat. I mean, he is he's got he's King Midas in reverse right now. Uh, to quote the old Holly's song, John. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good to have you all. 
Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.